Welcome to Fashion Futurist Podcast. It's your host, Camila Sanders. And this season, we are discussing Africa. We're connecting with industry experts and individuals on the front lines to gain viable resources for your fashion journey. Together, we're working to take back fashion, shift power, shift economics, shift paradigms, and create a new sustainable ethical fashion system. Take a listen and let's accelerate fashion forward. And so where do you see the digital future of Africa, um, technology in Africa? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so my thoughts really are there, there are some basic challenges that Africa needs to overcome, like constant electricity, like data, affordable data. And even in some areas, just the right access to the right tools to, to kind of like smartphones and, and laptops to kind of use or tap into the, the digital future that we have, like how available are Oculus is for people? How are people going to be um, engaging with this technology, keeping it charged up and, and things like that? I think those basic problems need to be solved. So what I would say for when it comes to Africa, um, that it's important that African people are looking at their problems in their own environment and African people are solving African problems with African solutions. And I think those kind of innovations can actually serve the world. If Africa managed to solve their electricity problem in an innovative way and their connectivity problem in with innovations that are African-centric, that can solve a lot of problems in terms of if they can do green energy I've, I've heard people talk about kinetic energy and people using that to kind of power their houses and stuff like that or power the, like charge their mobile phones if it's on a small scale and things like that. So, um, yeah, the, there are solutions out there that are African focused because African has its own unique problems. But from solving their own unique problems, they'll be able to solve a lot of problems that the world has um, has got itself into because I, I think coming from a Western lens, overdevelopment and industrialization leads to certain problems, certain solutions. The fact that Africa has not done the industrialized process means that they can look, look at things more organically and come up with um, kinetic energy solutions and things like that, which the West might have not considered because they've got the power lines and the power grids and all that infrastructure. So um, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but... Um, from my perspective, looking at the waste issue and looking at circularity and saying, this is a problem in Africa. We have all this waste coming into our country. How do we manage? How do we um, process it? How do we create a system that sorts it and makes products out of this waste? That's the innovation, the entrepreneurship that Africans need to focus on when it comes to technology. That's my answer. I think they will develop their own technology based on the problems that they're solving in Africa. I don't think it's necessarily a jump to the, the metaverse straight away. I think there's a path there, but I think practically there are big fish to fry, so to speak, before before Africa can really get on that journey. I think that, um, you know, it's it's interesting where, you know, a lot of the creative ideals come from is really it's about solving problems, you know? And a lot of times when you have everything handed to you uh, or access and, you know, things that 
a lot of the global North has, it's really hard to think of, okay, how exactly do we solve this problem? But when you are in the thick of it, right. And you need to, to innovate, like you, you're, yeah. you're forced to, to innovate, um, then that's where the creativity comes. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited um, yeah, just about this, this conversation. Yeah, there's so many stories like this that come out of Africa. I think, I wish I knew the name. I should have written the names down before, for these case studies before I mentioned them. But there was a, a young a young man in um, in Africa that actually, um, he, he had some issues um, with not being able to continue school or schooling or something like that. So he, he actually went to the to the library and he needed to um he basically created a windmill basically looking at textbooks in the library and stuff like that it was able to power like four light bulbs in his house and um he was able to do studies at home and um then people around where he lives started coming to charge their phones and things like that at his house because he had constant electricity from this windmill yeah so it was I think five years after he actually created that that he actually got the opportunity to use actually a, a desktop computer and do Google research and things like that. So he basically got all his insights from going to the library and looking at textbooks. And there was like a local scrapyard or something where he got bits and bobs and, and built this windmill. And that's innovation, isn't it? That's using the tools and the, the resources that you have available to you to do what you need to do to and get it done. And I think a lot of Africans do have that um, ability and I think that's what Africa needs to be tapping into more and more. There's a lot of stories about African geniuses that have built tech or come out of um, a, a situation and innovated and created something that the world has been like, wow, how did you do that in your circumstances, in your situation with your limited resources? And I think that's really the energy that we need to be looking at when it comes to technology and innovation in Africa. That's great. And it also talks to uh, about the power of the mind of a youth, you know, of youth, right? And just, you know, I think probably at my age, I would think, oh, I can't do this. You know, I have so many different limitations. But when you talk to someone that's younger, they're like, why can't I do this? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I can figure this out. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and, so. and that just speaks to the fact that Africa is a young nation and it's going to be one of the young, or Nigeria specifically, is going to be one of the, the younger nations um, as it develops up until 2050, the population. I think it's already 50% under the age of 30 and um, that population is going to double. So there's a there's going to be a lot of young people in Africa that are able and capable to look at the world from a different lens and say, we didn't create this, we didn't create this system. This is the system that works for us. This is the system that connects to our heritage, this is the system that connects to our land, and this solves the problems and gives us the resources that we need to, to build our future. So um, I think it looks positive, and I think allowing Africans to be who they are in their environment is really key to building a sustainable future. Yeah, I love what you said about, because um, I think that's exactly what we need, right? Is to look at things from a totally different angle than we've ever looked at them before. Because, you know, right now we're kind of in this system that is like, oh, I have this great idea, but it's 
everyone's still working in that same system. So it's not really any (laughs) that, that many new ideals, but to completely look at something from a different angle, I think that's what we definitely need. And so, you know, you are very familiar with the climate crisis, right? And what is happening and how we need to do something now. And we need to do something different than just have conversations with the same people over and over again. So specific to Africa, how can Africa affect fashion? And really, we're talking about meeting those 2030 climate goals, uh, specific to the different SDGs that we're looking at that all work together. How can Africa really make an impact on accelerating fashion forward? Yeah, Camilla, great question. Um, I think the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, related to Africa can like transform our world. And I think we can touch on each of the goals and and see how um, Africa can kind of work to solve those problems. So when we look at goals like um, no poverty and zero hunger, looking at Africa as the leader in circular economy, circular fashion, in in regards to waste management, when we look at, we think about the amount of secondhand clothing that goes into Africa and how to kind of be develop an industry around that to kind of solve the world's waste management problems. I think that's really a way that new innovation can come out of Africa and can impact the world. So when we're looking at things like no poverty, zero hunger, those things can be solved by providing jobs, new jobs, opportunities within waste management and things like that. Um, and to help that build that circular economy that can kind of push the world in a more sustainable direction. I think there's a lot of opportunities for that. And then other things like good health and well-being, quality education and things like that, those all tie into building new industries and educating people on sustainability. Um, I think gender equality is a really important one as well. When we look at the fashion industry, we know that females and children are generally the, the workers <coughs> that work on the minimum wages or no wages. Looking at empowering women, female entrepreneurs in Africa to kind of understand sustainability and and understand waste management and things like that and building a circular economy again. It touches on the SDGs, clean sanitation, water, affordable, clean energy, decent work and economic growth. That's all covered in these ideas. Industry innovation and infrastructure, that's all covered. Reduced inequality again, if we're providing entrepreneurship opportunities for women within the textile industry to build more circular businesses then reduce inequality um sustainable cities and communities again that ties with education making people understand sustainability is a priority and leading with that my thing is responsible consumption and production um, as you know the global fashion marketplace <coughs> focuses on helping entrepreneurs and small businesses look at their production and their marketing and communicating with consumers how to be more conscious with their consumption. And that's definitely industry-wide for sustainable fashion, not just in Africa, but in general. And I think responsible consumption and production needs to be an industry focus for the SDGs. And then when we're looking at other things to do with climate change, climate action, life below water, life on land, we're looking at pollution and all the effects of like deforestation and things like that 
affecting the climate. I think if if we kind of look at the general SDGs that need to be hit, considering the circular economy and educating people to kind of build businesses within that can help solve the problem of the oceans, issues with the oceans and deforestation and stuff like that, because people will have a priority in their mind that we're working with the planet rather than just using resources. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it just makes me think, you know, if if we were to do these entrepreneurial programs or even build like um, a way to manage waste in Africa, how do you think that that would impact the rest of the world? Like, do you think that that would not to put thoughts yeah, no, in your head, but but um, but it would it would it set, be able to set an example yeah, or like how does that impact what happens there? How does it impact? I can circle else? back to my train of thought, and so. Basically, I think you might have heard of Cantamanto Market in Ghana's capital in Accra. So that's West Africa's hub right. for used clothing from the Western world. And um, Africa's become one of the world's dumping grounds. So I, I can't remember the exact percentage, but a high percent, it's not 50% or more, um, don't quote me on that, but a high percentage of the Western world's second-hand clothing goes to West Africa and then what is it they put them in these markets and then a lot of the clothes are fast fashion low quality items the people don't want the clothes they're not good quality it's not like going vintage shopping and like getting like you thrifting and stuff like that and you can get a good quality durable product it's really just old rags they end up in the waterways they end up in the sewage in the waterways in the landfills are overflowing and it's polluting the environment and the western world feels like oh we're we're giving to charity or we're throwing we're not throwing it in a dump ourselves. but the quality of the the products that end up in africa end up in the dump and it's like Africa is the dump. So Africa needs to find a way to solve that problem because the problem is not their problem. The clothes coming from the Western world, but at the same time, it's end up in Africa. So if they can find a way of processing that, it can be a huge economy for Africa to just deal with the, the, the Western world's waste, I think. And I think, I can't remember the name of the, the designer, but there was a, I think it was a Ugandan designer that has a line called Re- Return to Sender. So they actually use these secondhand cloth- clothing um, scraps and make new clothing that they return to sell in Europe. So it's like a circular process of they take the waste that is sent to Africa, they make new clothing. And it's all kind of patchwork kind of style, upcycled stuff. And it's really cool. People like it. And I think that's the way African entrepreneurs need to think about innovation and dealing with the issue that is coming on their doorstep. I hope that explains um, my train of thought where I'm saying building a circular economy in Africa and then the world can emulate that process. It makes sense because most of the waste is there. That totally makes sense. And it's almost because you're having to be so innovative to think of new ways to use this waste, right? Whether it's recycling it in some type of way or reusing it in some type of way, um, like you mentioned, the designer, it is kind of, you know, it's it's going to be, there's so much there, right, that you said, um, that there there's going to be a 
a way that that is going to be kind of inspirational, like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing in Africa and I see what these designers are doing. Can we do the same thing here in other places, you know, and it, and it, um, you know, maybe it's something that that will definitely catch on. So I can definitely understand. Yeah, we have a really huge issue with recycling in the Western world. Like, I think it's questionable now uh, whether recycling actually works. So the idea that Africa can build a template for like processes, infrastructure and industry that supports a circular and recycling process, because I know a lot of the stuff from the West that's supposed to be recycled ends up on container ships and shipped to other countries, not just Africa, because they just can't deal with the amount, especially when when it comes to plastic specifically and things like that. So I think we need more jobs in Africa. There's a growing youth population. They need to be educated. If they're educated in a sustainable way and into the concept of building a circular economy, then they can start solving the world's problems because the infrastructure and the processes are not really here in the Western world. It's built on a different system that has been here for like 200 years. And that's the um, extraction, take, make and dispose model. So to change that whole Western model is a bit upheaval. But the African system can leapfrog because they kind of miss the kind of industrial revolution stage of like building and infrastructure in the way that we have in the West. They can just move forward and say, okay, if we're going to build infrastructure, how is it going to work for people on the planet? And I think that should really be the focus. If they're going to build anything What's the point of building what exists that is destroying the planet? Build something that new that can help restore the planet should really be the focus of development. So that's a really good point that in the Western world or in the global north, you know, we kind of have this infrastructure that is built a certain way and that is damaging the planet. Um, What do you think as a whole that the fashion industry or people can do um, to accelerate fashion forward to meet 2030 goals? So not just Africa, but just as a whole, what can we do? Or what is what are one of the top things that we can do, right? Because there's so many things. Um, I think for me, <clears throat> definitely circular economy, circular fashion, and building a circular industry is important, but that will take time. I think um, one thing I know you're part of the Fashion Reimagined Club and um, that we have. One of the topics that we've been discussing as a club has been extended producer responsibility. And that means that producers of garments and products are responsible for the end, uh, end of life of that product. So the disposal of that product. So it's not a case of just making a product, selling it. And then wherever it ends in landfill in Africa or whatever, it's the person that bought its responsibility. It means that the person that made it has responsibility to make take back schemes or recycling or mending or something to ensure the, the duration of that product lifespan. And then disposal, when it comes to disposal, they should be able to provide a way to dispose of that product in a, a sustainable way. So that that puts the responsibility on the producer to think before they create something how is the end of this the life of this product going to look and I think and there are several industries that are really already looking at EPR extended producer responsibility but I think the textiles industry should definitely really push forward with that I think it's happening in various places like South Africa and in France and um, other places I think it needs to be a worldwide 
effort to kind of get this legislation put forward that um, EPR should be something that people are campaigning for um, when it comes to sustainability in the fashion industry. That is good. But thanks so much for all of the information that you gave. It's so insightful. And I love um, just hearing your insight. And um, it really makes you think about the impact that people can have on the fashion industry, especially um, the impact that Africa can have on the industry. Uh, before we go, though, I would love to talk about um, a somewhat new venture that you have called Arts by Cola. And I saw this and I was like, oh, wow, I did not know that, <laughs> that you did um, artwork. And it's just oh, amazing. It's so beautiful. And I'm always forever in awe of an artist and someone that can, can uh, put out their creative oh, work into the public. <laughs> so, so I just, you know, would love to hear like, how did you start um, or lean into being um, or putting your artwork yeah. out there, right? Um, like, why did you start to do that? Or what was your journey? Yeah, so I think it all really started with the pandemic. Um, it was a challenging time for everybody. And I just turned to art um, drawing, painting as like it was my solace really like keeping me balanced through all the turbulent things that were going on at the time and um, it was more like art as therapy for me and I put my stuff on Instagram and this Spanish gallery uh, discovered my work and then put me in this book um, called Anthology 3 and it was a Spanish um collection it was a collection of it was a Spanish book but it was a collection of 100 contemporary artists from around the world um so I was selected for that and that was in October 2021 um and since then it's just gone from strength to strength I've um, done a few exhibitions international exhibitions since then um I've been in British Vogue recently and um yeah I've, I've recently opened a new shop in London to sell my art as well um and I think for me, it was more of a passion, like a um, passion, a uh, hobby, relaxation. Um, it was a pleasurable thing to do and that I got lost, a loss within. And people just seemed to resonate. It just seemed to resonate the topics that I cover, like um, race, identity, nature, mental health. And the just interesting, important topics to me, like sustainability is important to me. Obviously, being a black woman in Britain is, identity is important to me, an African woman in Britain as well. And then um, also mental health is an important topic that I like to discuss. So I use my art to kind of open these conversations with the wider public. So, yeah. So I've, I'm actually working on a project now called Silent Voices. So it's really um, to raise awareness within that or within the African community about mental health and just get people talking about the, the topic. And hopefully in 2023, I'll be doing a solo show um, around this project. So that's it. Wow. That is, that is so much. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, um, and it's, yeah, it's so important that you, um, I think art kind of has the power to start to open up those conversations, Definitely. whether it has to do with culture, whether it has to do with mental health. 
So, um, you know, definitely kudos to you to for getting that out and being brave enough to like have those conversations because it's much needed uh-huh. in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like uh-huh. um, to approach tough conversations. I talk about sustainability all the time and it's not really an easy conversation to have and it's not easy shit to stir, um, ship to sail. So like for me, approaching race, identity, mental health as well, they're, they're also difficult conversations that needs to be had. And I really think art is a way to bridge that gap. So I really enjoy using my art to kind of spark conversation on these important issues. Um, how can people find Arts by Cola? So I'm on Instagram, um, Arts by Cola. So that's arts.by by dot cola, K-O-L-A. And I've also got a website. That's my name, Bacola Dakiloke. So that's www.bacoladagiloke.com. So if you're interested in art and want to purchase or commission me for any art projects, then you can get me there. But obviously we've been talking about sustainability today and the global fashion marketplace is there um, to support sustainable businesses to grow. And that's www.globalfashionmarketplace.co.uk. We've got loads of resources there. Um, we've got an ebook. 10 crucial steps to getting started with sustainable fashion that you can download. And we've also got the sustainable fashion podcast. We've got an accelerator for sustainable business, fashion businesses and loads of other blogs and things like that, that can really help you on your journey to sustainability. So um, that's all the information. Um, If you want to get in touch, then I'd love to hear from you. So thank you, Camilla. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks for listening to Fashion Futurist Podcast. Let's take back fashion together. Like, subscribe, and share as these small actions help to spread the word and make a collaborative impact. For more ways to get involved, join me, Camila Sanders, in the Fashion Futurist community by visiting fashionfuturist.io. Let's take action and accelerate fashion forward.